Hey everyone and welcome to the Year Ones, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host, Michael Montalbo, and for the next few minutes, we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode, we examine the events that occurred August 11th. Spies are everywhere these days. Hi, Cheryl. Espionage has always been an item of interest not only for governments, but people in books and movies. From James Bond to real-life spy Valerie Plame, if that really is her name. There are so many of them, but was one of America's most famous spies actually a spy? This, of course, brings us to the case of the Rosenbergs, who were the first American civilians executed for conspiracy to commit espionage. These two, Ethel and Julius Rosenberg, were accused of being spies and were ultimately killed for it, but what exactly happened? To find out, let's talk a little bit about them. Ethel and Julius Rosenberg were accused of being communist spies because they were members of the Young Communist League, which is also where they met. After marrying in 1939, Julius got a job as a civil engineer in the U.S. Signal Corps, the branch of the Army that is the one that handles communication and the information systems for the combined armed forces of the United States, so not a bad job. And while working there, he and Ethel began to allegedly disclose military secrets to the Soviet Union. And while that would be bad enough during the Cold War, this was during World War II. But they were not discovered. Meanwhile, elsewhere, many years down the road, the United States began work on the secret Manhattan Project, where a group of scientists were assigned the task of creating the world's first atomic bomb. Of the people chosen to work on this project, there was one that had ties to the Rosenbergs, Ethel's brother, David Greenglass. Greenglass was a Soviet spy. He had followed his sister and his brother-in-law into the Young Communist League in 1943, and as a machinist working on the Manhattan Project, began to secretly, as spies do, sneak out data and notes concerning the construction of the nuclear bomb. Some reports say he was recruited to do this by his brother-in-law. Other articles either don't mention it or imply that he did it on his own. But now that secrets were being brought to the Rosenbergs, they then went and turned over the information to Harry Gold, who acted as the courier, who would then get it into the hands of the Soviet Union. Greenglass was discharged from the army in 1946 and moved to New York to run a machine shop. And for a while, things were good. Then, things took a turn. In 1950, Claus Fuchs and Harry Gold were arrested. What's that? Who was Claus Fuchs? Oh, he was a German spy who got information to the Soviet Union. So, after Fuchs and Gold were arrested, they named names, and Ethel and Julius were among the names named. This led to their arrest, first Julius on July 17th and then Ethel's a month later. 
the tricky thing about this arrest and the reason they were charged with conspiracy to commit espionage, though, was that the United States was not at war with the Soviet Union, and so they couldn't be charged with treason, which I'm sure many wanted to see happen. During this time of McCarthyism and fear of the atomic bomb and of Russia, prosecutors felt that they had a solid case and moved to take these spies to trial. The year was 1950, and on this day, August 11th, Ethel Rosenberg testified in front of a grand jury concerning her part in a conspiracy to commit espionage. I say that she testified, but she didn't really say anything other than, I declined to answer that question on the grounds that this might tend to incriminate me. That statement did little to help her case, and in the end, she and Julius were both convicted and were sentenced to death in 1953. Here's the thing. They absolutely were communist, and while Julius did get information to the Soviet Union about some U.S. weapons, there is really no evidence that supports that part of the information concerned the atomic bomb. It has also been argued that Ethel really had nothing to do with the whole spy of it all. To go even further, of the people I mentioned today, only the Rosenbergs were executed. Her brother David Greenglass even said in an interview in 2001, after testifying in 1951 that his sister had typed the notes given to the Russian, that his wife may have been the one who had done the typing, but that his wife was more important to him than his sister. The Rosenberg's own children, Michael and Robert, have even tried to exonerate their parents by requesting through the Freedom of Information Act the documents on their parents. I say requested, but in reality, they sued the CIA and FBI for the files and were eventually granted them. After countless hours searching through the documents, they determined that their father most likely stole nuclear secrets and was a Soviet spy recruiter, but they believed that their mother was innocent. Whatever the case, what's important to remember about all of this is that it was happening during the time when the world was scared of a Cold War. World War II had just ended, and conflict with the United States and Russia seemed only moments away at best. People were scared, and that fear brought out suspicion and distrust not unlike that of the Salem witch trials. U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy led this witch hunt, which resulted in politicians, artists, and writers, and movie stars being blacklisted or forced to name names of people who had no affiliation with communism in order to escape this fate. Lives were ruined and accusations were made to save oneself. I'm not saying that these people weren't guilty or innocent. I'm just saying that the fear and paranoia were a driving force and is a weapon that is still widely used today. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.